0: Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Look at it says in the NLT. For a child is born to us. It's given to us. A son is given to us, meaning a sacrifice for perfect salvation. And The government shall rest on his shoulders like the five stars on the shoulders of a general. Whenever you see Jesus, you know he has the rank to handle anything, amen? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. That sounds like the Holy Spirit right there. Mighty God, there's only one Mighty God. I guess he's coming in a body. The Everlasting Father, well, that that definitely takes care of it right there because you wouldn't give two people the same title. Prince of Peace, and that's the one I wanna focus on. If he had a kingdom, it would be a kingdom of peace and he would rule over it. Let's pray together. Jesus, give us a chance to hear from you in such a special way. Let your word not return void, but let it take root in our hearts and let it keep us all throughout this holiday season, I pray. And somebody said, in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Dean. We appreciate you. (laughs) Tickling the ivories, as they say. He does a fantastic job. The missionary was dispatched through the Region Beyond Missionary Unit. It was the organization. His name was Don Richardson. Don Richardson may not be known to you, but Don Richardson had a heart for the things of God. He wanted to see people introduced to Jesus. And he found out that there was some Aborigine tribes in Dutch New Guinea, now Papua New Guinea. And he was in that area, and he was going to go be a missionary to these people. But the people were the Sawi people, and they, the Sawi people were very ruthless. They loved to be cunning. They loved trickery. They celebrated their cunningness, and they were barbarians. They were headhunters. And so in order to be a missionary in that location, he asked God to put peace in his heart because he knew at any moment his life could be taken. And so he was dispatched to be a missionary and he got into a canoe and he paddled his way down the river to where these particular tribes were. But what he didn't know was there were other people that had come to these tribes to try to save them. And some were received, some were not. But it started a tradition among the tribes, and they called it the Tuwan, or the white leopard, some people say it's translated as. The, they they started to hear throughout the tribes that there were white missionaries coming, and they would bring technology, and they would bring tools, and they would bring things that they didn't have, and and... The ability to bring nylon wire that would disappear in water and catch fish—just things that they didn't personally have—they were so archaic in their understanding of of war and fighting. They had stone-tipped spears, and and their weapons were so so you know minuscule as far as their abilities to do what. What the missionary would be able to teach them and and how to how to grow their knowledge would be amazing. Not only in the ability to protect themselves, but also in the ability to to keep themselves from disease and hygiene and all of the other things that were medical marvels of the time. This was in the 1960s, and as he floated in to camp, what he didn't know is this particular Sua- Su- Sawi people had wanted their own Tuwan for a long time. They wanted of their own white man with technology, and so when he arrived on the bank, he was greeted by the tribe, and they were greeting him with great celebration, with great joy because they had their their white leopard, or they had their two on. And then, of course, he began to find out that they had prepared a place if one would ever come, and they built him a log cabin of sorts. It was a log hut. And they let him live there and they let him teach them and let him learn from them. And and he put eight to 10 hours a day into learning their dialect. Eight to 10 hours a day. And you would think that a primitive people would have a primitive language, but their language was actually very advanced. They had 19 verb tenses. The English language has two. If you paired together according to the ELS and my friend Google. If you pair together helping verbs, you can get 12 tenses in the English language. This was a primitive people and they had 19 tenses. And so he had to spend a lot of time listening and loving them, and learning their culture before he could ever present the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And he was praying continually, how do I share with them the message of Jesus? How do I change them? Because he realized that they were a warring people, a barbaric people, and how does he change and bring Jesus, the God of peace, to their life? It was interesting that the story came out that the tribes began to speak among themselves, some of them, and one of the warriors from one tribe decided to move to the Sawi people, and when he was one of their great warriors, from another tribe that kind of like defected or decided to go to the Sawi people because he heard about the great Tuan and the technology, and he wanted to be a great warrior. And the, the whole Suwa people, Suwa, Sawi people, sorry, came together and celebrated that this great warrior of another tribe had come to them and they had this big party, a big fire in the jungle. They were having a wonderful time and celebrating. And what they found, what they didn't know, or what this, this great warrior that was defecting to the tribe, what he didn't know is the Sawi people were not interested in receiving him because they liked to be cunning. And they liked to catch people. And so as he was celebrating and they brought this big, big plate of food around the fire and it was full of all kinds of fruit and he was sitting there and they, they gave it to him and he was holding it and he was smiling it, smiling, and happy and he looked up and surrounding the fire around him was all of the warriors with their arrows, with their, their stone-tipped um, spears pointed at him and all of them had a smile, a grin on their face, we tricked you, we got you. And that warrior knew that was the last moment that he was going to be alive. And so as the missionary saw this, he realized there's no mechanism for peace because they celebrate trickery. They celebrate. So he tried to share the story of the gospel, and he went through how Jesus came and died for their sins. And and he walked through the story, and when he got to Judas, how Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, the whole tribe celebrated Judas because that was their thinking. That was their mentality. They loved Judas more than they loved Jesus. And he was like, this will never work. I can't get them to understand that being a peaceful people is more important than being a warring people. And as the other tribes heard about the technology, they slowly moved toward the Sawi people. And now we had tribe living next to tribe. And, and literally, whenever, the, whenever he, the story is told that he came out of his, his hut one day, Don Richardson, and literally right in front of him, they were having a civil war. They were fighting each other and people were being stabbed and there was murders and there was bloodshed and all of this was taking place and Don Richards said, they're doing this because of me. They want what I've brought. And he said, I don't know that I can... Stay here because I don't know how the gospel is going to be received. I've prayed over this, but I just can't get them to understand that Jesus is better than warring and being the barbaric people that they are. But even though he had suffered through fifteen years with those people, he had somehow found a way to write a language in their culture that he took. He took the ability to take their language and wrote out the the whole New Testament for them. And he had put in so much effort and so much love into those people that. That he created a language that could be transferred into English. And then in 1972, he realized that he may not do what he set out to do, which was bring the gospel to these people. But as they were warring and as the things were going on, he had made the decision, God, I don't know if I can be here any longer. I don't know if I can stay any longer. Have you ever been there before where you trusted God in a situation? You prayed about a situation and things just don't seem to be going the way you thought they were going to go in life. How many has ever had life? kick you in the teeth before. Had life give you things you weren't expecting. And you you say, I don't know if I can go about this anymore. But in that moment, he surrendered everything to God. He surrendered every moment of effort, every moment of learning their language, every moment of translation, every moment of preparing the New Testament for them, and they not receiving it because they celebrated the traitor, the tricker, the, the treachery. And so he said, "I'm that's it. I'm going to pack my bags tomorrow morning and I'm going to leave. And when he packed his bags, that morning he came out to see both tribes lined up. And they were having something that he didn't even understand at the moment, but God had heard his prayers. And so what they were doing was they were doing something called the giving of the peace child. They said, they, they found out, the tribe's leaders found out that he was leaving. They were they were, they were were astute enough to realize that his body language was telling them that he was done there and they knew he was going to leave. So the tribe's leaders came together the night before and they said, we've got to do something to keep him here. He's blessed our life. Our, our children are healthier for it. Our children are being educated. We have, we have grown in our abilities to hunt and to survive in, in this jungle because of the two wands. So they said, we've got to do something to keep him here. So they decided to hold a ceremony. And this is what Don Richardson walked out into that morning. They were all lined up on each side and they were, they were celebrating the fact that they were going to find peace together as tribes. And what happened in those ceremonies was there has to be a peace child gathering. Given... And the peace child has to come from somebody in one tribe. They have to give their child to the other tribe. And the other tribe has to receive the peace child. And the peace child would then be raised in the other in the other tribe. And as long as that child was alive, there had to be peace. There was a code among even the most primitive people that you would never kill or you would never murder another tribesman from another tribe as long as the peace child was alive. And I, I celebrate the story because I think it's a amazing that he found a way through his prayer and through his supplication with God. He found a way to reach to these people because through that moment, he realized that that was where I could bring Jesus Christ. He was the peace child. He was the one who came to us, amen, and he lived among us, a place where he was not supposed to be, but he came because he wanted to bring peace on earth, goodwill to men, amen. And so when we see the story of Jesus Christ, we see the story of a God who decided that I don't want to live in the situation that we're in anymore because you see, our sin separated us from God. It was our sin. There's Bible words that use the word enemy and the, that use the word separation and different things for sin, pulling us away from God. And we need to get back to God, but we couldn't get back to God without there being a sacrifice, a peace child, if you will, that would come and would lay down his life and live among us, but then die for us. And then when Jesus did that, I'm so grateful to say that we were brought back into peace with God, into relationship with God, and that is. The the most beautiful place you could ever live is in a relationship with Jesus Christ because he is the thing that purchased our peace, amen? Amen. Peace literally means to be intertwined with or to be in fellowship with. So you cannot have true peace. There's a lot of peace being sold in our world, a lot of peace treaties, but there is no true peace without Jesus Christ. Simply is not. So therefore, I tell you today that the first thing I have to let you know is Jesus secured our peace. Jesus secured our peace by his death on the cross. Romans 5 and 1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have been made right within God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Are you glad that he's not a God of just word, but he's a God of action? Are you glad he can reach you in places where you didn't know you needed to be reached? I'm thankful for God being my safe place. I didn't really understand growing up where we were in life because there was so much peace that was in my heart because I knew I was going to live for God all my life. See, this, this particular tribe that I'm talking about, they have done documentaries on it. You can actually YouTube it and you can see the documentary. And they have gone back now nearly 50 years later and they have examined these tribes and they have found that the tribes live at peace with one another and that they have developed into a culture of peace all because of one man who brought one gospel of a child who can bring peace. The Christmas season is all about that, changing the lives of people forever because Jesus bought our peace, amen. And I'm thankful for that the transformation that came to my life through Jesus Christ put peace in my heart. And I know that in Jeremiah 29 and 11, when it says that he is the one for salvation, that there is one who gives us peace, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the word of God that fulfills all the places in my life that I need him. He paid the way for peace for me. Amen. And the only way that it's secured is through Jesus Christ. The second thing he does for us is Jesus is the source of our peace. Jesus is the source. All true genuine peace is produced by him in a relationship with him because he is the ruler of peace. He stands over it all and he covers it all. I know so many people that have a lot of pretend peace. You know what I'm talking about? Like they post pretend peace. I got a great life, I've got all these filters in place, and you'll never see unless you talk to them long enough for them to let down their the guard. But I promise you this, fake peace will never give you a faith life. It just won't. It won't give your faith eyes to see. It won't give you the ability to protect yourself from things that would destroy you because you're chasing after something, looking for peace, and it's not found in the things of this world. It's found in Jesus Christ. Amen? The scripture tells us that he can cover us, that he can be that covering. And you cannot cover up a lack of peace for very long. You cannot. You cannot cover up a lack of peace, but if you surrender it to him, he can cover it. Because he is the prince of peace. He rules over it. And I'm thankful for his authority in my life. And it is peace is a defense mechanism. It's funny how peace, love, joy, gentleness, all those different uh, fruits of the Spirit, they're not only defensive, but they're also offensive. Almost everything you see, you don't have to try to fight back whenever you have these things in your life. They, just having them present alone gives you the ability to fight back. Literally living in a peaceful place with God is is one thing that has been in my life for a long time, but also the fact that when turmoil comes up, when you have things that you have to address and and you don't know what to do, you have the peacekeeper with you. Do we recognize that Jesus is with us and he is the the speaker of peace? When they were in the boat, you know the story, they were crossing the sea and this winds and the waves picked up and the boat was taking on water and Jesus was asleep in the boat. They they didn't even recognize who was with them. Have we walked with Jesus so long that we forget sometimes that he is the peace speaker? Have we been in so many situations and has our heart been scarred too many times by too many others that we don't recognize that with us in the power of the Holy Ghost, with inside of us, his peace is in his spirit and his peace is in his presence and his peace is provided to us through the Holy Ghost. And when we stand and we deal with things that seem to be tumultuous and seem to be very difficult to handle, I want you to know that you can stand in peace regardless of what you're going through. I'm grateful for the peace of God. I'm grateful that I overcame by the power of peace in my life. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 16 tells us that we can have confidence through peace. It talks about, the scripture here says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Anybody grow up in a traditional church where they always said, peace be with you? Peace be with you? That's biblical. In fact, the Bible says that his peace, I, my peace I leave with you. How does God leave? So it's a, it's a conundrum because at first it says he is the prince of peace or he is the God of peace and God of peace means of means it belongs to God. So the peace belongs to God. It's in him. But then how does he say that his peace he leaves with you? It's because he does it through the power of the Holy Ghost. He puts his peace in us through his spirit. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to seek God. There's a prescription for peace. Did you know that? It means you have to pray with prayer and supplication. Philippians, I mean, let me find it because I'm jumping ahead and I really feel like jumping ahead because I just want to. Let me go to this scripture real quick, Philippians 4 and 6 because I feel like cutting off some notes. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Can you get that for me in the King James Version? The God of peace, the Bible says, in so many places. In fact, you have to understand that if you read your word through any of the Pauline epistles, he opens in salutations, whether first or third verse, or fourth verse, he says, grace and peace be unto you, in his salutations. He said, grace for salvation and peace for your walk with God. You need both, Amen. You need God to be your saving grace and you need God to be your saving peace. Amen. You need him to step in when you don't know what to do. And you don't need to make a false move. You don't need to make a move that causes you consequences that you don't need to have in your life. You need him to be your peace so that your emotions are held together. The God of peace guards your heart and mind, the Bible says. In other words, you don't need to put in an alarm system. You already got one. It's the Holy Ghost. And it's going to guard your heart and your mind. It's going to keep you from making decisions out of an emotional place where you don't need to make a decision from that space. And it's going to keep you from making a, a decision when your heart is overwhelmed with emotion or when you're feeling like there's grief in your life or you're struggling with something. It keeps you from stepping off the bridge when you feel like there's no hope or no place to go. Guess what? There's not a hopeless situation. There's just hopeless thinking. And if you ever put your hope in Jesus Christ, you will find that there's a peace in every storm. There's a way maker in every situation that seems like it has no way. I'm grateful that I know Jesus Christ because he is my peace in every promise. He's my peace in every circumstance. When I didn't know what to do, I just said, Jesus, guard my heart. Guard my mind. Help me to be the man I need to be. Help me to be the woman I need to be. Help me to be a peacemaker, not not just someone who lives life for you. But we need to know that there's several things that keeps peace from being in our life. Number one is that small three-letter word that is so tragic, and that is sin. Sin removes peace from anything that affects your relationship with God draws peace out of your life. If you want a peaceful life, repentance is the way to be repentance is the way to live get up in the morning said god whether i knew it or not forgive me for anything i've done help me to walk with you in the newness of the day in the fresh mercy that you offer today give me your forgiveness god forgive others and remove sin from your life that is the way to keep peace the second thing that keeps us from having peace in our life is that we doubt the promises of god We doubt the promises. Well, the Word of God says all things work together for good. Yeah, I know that, but that's not really how that's not really how it works for me. You're doubting the promises of God. And the only way that you're going to actually have peace is if you take the Word of God and you live on it. If you put it into your life so much so that whenever you're in a situation of unrest, the Word of God becomes your peace. Whenever if you've ever been in a situation that's so dangerous or so difficult, that you didn't know what to do but call on the name of the Lord. You're applying scripture whether you know it or not. There's places and times in my life where I have applied the word of God, it's popped into my head because the Holy Ghost said, it's time for you to have some peace. This isn't a good situation, but you're gonna get through it with my help. I know we have issues and we have life to go through, but guess what? The Prince of Peace will never leave you or forsake you. He's gonna be right there and he's gonna say, I will rule over your heart and mind if you'll just walk with the ruler, if you'll just stay with me. Keep your hand in mind, don't pull your hand out and distrust my promises. My promises are good, they are everlasting, and they last for all generations. Just trust the word of God, and he will give you peace. Amen? Don't doubt the promises of God. And number three, the third way is projecting upon today, tomorrow's cares. This is not necessarily an easy one to handle. Matthew 6, and 34 deals with it directly. It says this in the word of God, seek the kingdom of God above all else or seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and he shall give you everything you need. How many know he's a God that gives you all your needs? Amen. He's the need meter. He's the God of peace for my soul. And then the verse after that handles it. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. Be happy. Do 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 do. We might never get back to the sermon now. Do 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 do. You guys will be at lunch going, "Oh, pastor, the song is stuck in my head. Thank you so much." Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. Walk with a peacemaker for today. doesn't mean you don't plan ahead. It means you don't worry about it. Some people worry about stuff that has never happened yet. You have built an entire scenario that is robbing you of good health. Because if you don't deal with the things that don't give you peace, it will affect your physical body. The studies are there. You can look it up people who have diseased bodies because of the fact that they never dealt with the sin that separate them from God. They never dealt with the issues that they worry about and they spend time pacing the floor at night. All you need to do is just go, Jesus, you got this, and go to bed. Go to bed and sleep at night, trusting that God has your tomorrow. Can I preach for just a minute? Slick my hair back for a moment. Turn the monitor up. I feel like uh, somebody in this house needs to know why. Jesus is in your tomorrow. The Prince of Peace is already there, so he's already got oh my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. I hope you go here with me. That means that he's already got peace for you in the situation you are worried about that hasn't even happened yet. In other words, your tomorrow and the next day and next week and next month and Christmas and everything else after, it's in his hand. He's there and he's provided peace before you even show up. God has already put peace in your next day so you can go to sleep at night and say, I don't know how it's gonna turn out but I know my Jesus is there and he'll provide everything I need. He's the peace speaker. When he speaks, it doesn't return void. And I know that God is going to put peace in that moment. It may not be a peaceful situation, but I've got a peaceful God with me. He's on board, amen? I got Jesus with me. Thanks be to God for the peace he gives us. Be at peace with God. You can't have peace without being at peace with the peacemaker. Give your tomorrow to Jesus. What if I lose my job? Or what if they walk out on me? Or what if she leaves me? And what if he divorce? I don't know. Whatever. There's so many what ifs and coulda, woulda, shoulda. Set yourself free from shoulda, woulda, coulda today. You don't know what tomorrow holds, but guess what? When you're standing at the end of your life and you look in the face of Jesus, you will not regret one moment. You will not regret how long you lived or how short you lived. You will not regret every time you were peaceful. Guess what? When you cannot stand, you can still walk by faith because God can put such a faith in you and such a peace in you that even your faith takes on vision because of the peace of God. In other words, faith can take you through it the peace of God will guard your heart and mind turn to somebody and tell them why'd you drop your guard why'd you drop your guard why have you left the peace of God give me, Matt, give me Philippians 4 and 6 and King James now look at our media team look at them go give them a big hand Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about stuff. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There is the prescription right there for peace. Anybody ever been, I was in the hotel, and I don't normally do this, but I turned on the TV. I probably turned on the TV three times in all my travels in hotels because I just don't care to even watch TV when I'm out. And I don't travel anymore, thank God. I don't do, do much of that, but... For the story, I'm getting to it. (laughs) Move along, Calhoun. Can you put the scripture back up there? It helps me stay focused. Squirrel. Be careful for nothing. Oh, that's nice. What child is this? Blended with my scripture. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Are you guys playing with me back there? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, this is how we handle a lack of peace. You will not have peace if you don't have a prayer life with the one who gives you peace. Amen? You need a prayer life. Why do we go without prayer in our life and then blame God for a lack of peace in our life? He's like, if you just be at peace with me, if you just come spend time with me, I will give you peace. Have you ever seen the meme where it shows a a cat, a, a, a small kitten, walking and it says walking into the prayer room and then on the next slide and below that in the meme it shows a a, a full lion walking out of the prayer room it says walking out of the prayer room it's like when you go in you're timid and you're a kitten and when you come out you're like bring it Come at me, bro. <laughs> You're like that. You know, you literally have this courage from the peace of God in your life because you know that no matter what happens, I don't control all the outcomes. He is my God of outcomes, amen. And so that if I just go in, I do the prescription for peace, I have prayer and I have supplication, which just means to 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 pray with great fervor, to just bring it to the Lord and give it to God and surrender to God. Lord, I surrender to you and sup. I know that you can take care of it. And then you give Thanksgiving. We just went through that month. And then you go, thank you, God, for your peace in advance. Thank you, God, for your peace in tomorrow. Thank you, God, for everything you do in the next day. I know that you're going to work this out. That is the prescription for peace right there. And so back to my story, which started out really rough. I was sitting in the hotel and this, I noticed all of the different medications that were coming on during the commercials. I was just trying to watch Monday Night Football. And all of the, every single medication, it was like this medication and that medication, and then it would list the side effects. Have you ever seen the side effects of medication? You know, we, we are such a medicated society. We take a pill to get up and a pill to go to bed, and if the kids are acting up, we take the whole bottle? It's like... What? my grandmother didn't live like this. My grandfather didn't live like this. They didn't have a pill to get them through the day and a pill to get them through tomorrow. They lived on the peace of God. They knew that there was a God in control and then no matter what happens, they're going to give their life to God and he's going to take care of it. And so I don't know how you could even read the side effects and want to take the pill. Have internal hemorrhaging and bleeding of the nose and ear, possible ear infections and other things I cannot mention over the platform, over the pulpit. There's just, why? Why would you even? It's like, uh, I think I need to do that. A full range of motion in my elbow because I took this pill, but I'm very sick in the morning. (laughs) I don't understand why we would go after something that causes so many side effects whenever we have to understand that Jesus gives us his peace without any side effects. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving is the prescription for a peaceful life. Oh, is this good today? I hope I'm helping you. So the way that you keep peace is to keep the peace child alive in your life. Amen. I bless the name of the Lord every day because he brought peace. And I have to ask you today, what do you think of this child born in a manger, God in a body? All the fullness of God, every bit of God that could fit in a human body was shoehorned into Jesus Christ. And we see him walking the earth, demonstrating Like like the prophet said, don't believe me, just watch. No. Never mind. That wasn't the prophet. (laughs) you have to understand that I don't have all the answers as a pastor. But I know the answer who can give you peace. And when we're dealing with difficult situations of life, You have to find a place where you have pre-decided it is well with my soul because I have Jesus in my soul. Why wouldn't you want the Holy Ghost when it's the peace inside of you, the treasure in your chest, the good things that God has for you is all wrapped up in the power of the Holy Ghost in you. And when you spend time in his presence in the morning, he fills you anew. And you walk out and say, I don't know what this day holds, but I'm thankful that God walks with me. He's not just my right-hand man. He's not just a left-hand man, but he's in my heart. And he's dealing with everything that's tumultuous inside of me. You see, the Christian is not just an individual who pretends to have peace. When you have the Holy Ghost, you have deep inner peace. It's like the surface of the ocean can be tumultuous and and there can be waves and 150-mile-an-hour winds and 20-foot waves. But if you go 100 feet deep, it's calm and it's still. And that's the same for a Christian. Life can be crazy and winds can blow and waves can crash. But down inside of you, there is a Holy Ghost that says, be still. Be still. And know that I am God. If you wait on me, I bring peace every time because I rule from a place of peace. God is so good to us. Horatio G. Stafford was a man from Chicago. He was a very successful lawyer. But he lost all of his money in the Chicago fires. You remember that situation? Businessman, devout Christian, good friends with many people, D.L. Moody, some of the other names that you would know. I personally have installed systems in Moody Bible College. I've been there. I've seen the heritage in Chicago. But with that Chicago fire in 1871, he lost almost everything because all of his real estate was on the Lake of Michigan. And as he began to reminisce over the things that God had done for him, for him he realized he had more tragedies in his life than triumphs losing all of his his properties losing his son to scarlet fever and then he decided that he was going to just cheer up his family and they were going to go on a trip overseas it was a musician's trip and it was in europe it was going to be a tour through the great britain as well and so he put his family on a boat in 1873 and as they traveled across the sea, due to unexpected last-minute business, he was not able to go. But his wife and his four daughters went ahead of schedule on the SS Ville de Havre, And they were expected to arrive, and then he was going to meet up with them over there. And on November 22nd, the ship was struck by another English vessel, and it sank. And it sank rapidly within 12 minutes. And by the time they got the survivors out and got to shore, his wife sent back one text message with two words, saved alone. He had lost his daughters. And I wonder today, are you okay with the peace of God in your life at your salvation alone? Can you say you are enough Jesus at salvation alone? Matthew 10.37 says, If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. He was saying that the greatest relationship you should have is your relationship with God. And anything that tears you from that brings a lack of peace in your life. And so, as Spatford decided... Horatio Spafford decided that he would meet up with his wife. He got on an ocean liner and headed across the ocean, and the captain came and awoke him in his berth and said, I just want you to know that we are at the spot in the ocean where the ship went down. And he got up, and he went out to the bow, and he looked over the tumultuous waters where his four daughters had perished, and he began to write a song. He said, When peace, like a river, attendeth my soul, when sorrow, like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. He had a peace of God that he shouldn't have had, but he stood and said, It's well with me because there's peace of a Savior in me. Your peace is all I need, Jesus. I'm thankful. I want to take somebody to heaven with me, but if it's just saved alone, I'm okay. I'm good with being in your presence, God, and living in relationship with you. I'm going to remove things from my life that tear down the peace. And I'm praying right now in Jesus' name, you would put peace over everyone's life peace over their relationships, peace over their home. Rule over them in peace, I pray, in this room right now. We release it in this room and anyone listening online. We release peace into your homes and into your lives right now in the name of Jesus. Let the Prince of Peace be that overarching, covering God who can step in to any situation and make good out of any situation. Thank you, God, for being our peace today. We celebrate you you we celebrate you we celebrate you today in jesus name jesus